0: These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties. But in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. In Spring Branch, we speak more than 145 different languages, and that diversity translates into a thriving economy. Our district's a melting pot, it's a great place to find the staff you need. Spring Branch is working for business, yours. Find out more at sbmd.org.
1: Hi, and welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places, it's all here. I'm Rebecca Schutz, housing reporter at the Houston Chronicle. It's been a while. I don't think we posted since October. That's because in October, I actually switched beats. Focusing on housing is new for me, and I got caught up in getting caught up. But we're back, and we have someone very special here today, Marissa Luck. Yay. Hi, Marissa. Hello. (laughs) Marissa is our new real estate reporter, and she's hit the ground running. So we thought we'd start at the new year and your new job with a look at what's coming up. But first, lightning round. Oh, God. Okay. Isn't that usually at the end? We usually do this at the end of the episode, but I just thought it'd be nice to ask Marissa a few questions to give you a sense. So lightning round, lightning fast, just super fast answers. First question, coffee or tea? Coffee. Favorite place for Houston pizza?
0: Gypsy Poet in Midtown.
1: Me too. They're so good. Five stars on Yelp.
0: <laughs> I went to Italy like recently, and I, I'm not even kidding you. I didn't even have pizza that was good for Gypsy Poet.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good pizza here in Houston, but I feel like there's room for more.
0: There's always room for more pizza. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Favorite Houston neighborhood?
0: Oh, um, my own <laughs> Midtown, Montrose area. Nice favorite Houston building. Oh my God. That's hard. Okay. Well, I like a lot of the adaptive reuse stuff that's happening. Um, like MKT, the old like clock building that was turned in the Heights. Oh, I don't know the old clock building. I feel like I should. It's like a boutique thing. I think, I think those adaptive reuse ones would be okay. And then the, the posts also, that's another big adaptive reuse one that yeah. is very um, like Blade Runner esque if you haven't been to it.
1: Yeah. And I went when it was open and I was just like, oh man, it looks just like the renderings. I was just like, yes, it does. It's weird. They have some pretty cool staircases. Favorite reality TV show 90 Day Fiance. Classic. Hands down. Now it's a classic. Now it's a classic. Yeah. Favorite childhood book
0: hmm is it lame to say harry potter like is that really basic it's not
1: lame <laughs> <laughs> i know it's really basic but yeah probably you did a great job at the lightning round i hope that gives everyone a sense of a little bit of who marissa is you'll get to know her a little bit more over time oh where did marissa come from so okay, so I'm I'm originally from Hawaii.
0: I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in Oregon and Washington State, and then I moved to Texas like four ish years ago. I I lived in Austin for a stint. Um, I've been in Houston three years or so, and I I did a short um, stint at the Chronicle covering mm-hmm. energy in like 2018 ish. Uh, yeah, 2018, and then. I went over to COSTAR, which is a data, real estate data and information company. Um, So I was writing about commercial real estate there. And so now at the Chronicle, I'm going to be writing not only about commercial, but about residential real
1: estate, which is what we're talking about today. So Marissa, you've been here a few weeks and you've already had at least one front page story. Yes. And it was about the housing market, which has been crazy. I have a few friends who have been trying to navigate it and I just... Tell them to have faith and that it will work out, <laughs> but, and that it's supposed to get a little bit less hectic. So basically, what
0: happened was—I mean, you—you—you you, you know this since you've been tracking real estate for a while. Um, but after you know the lockdown periods, there were just this this burst of demand um, because. Interest rates were super low and people were trying to take advantage of that. People were saving money by staying at home all the time and they were at home all the time and they were staring at their walls and looking at things they didn't like about their house and they wanted to move. So there was this boom in the residential real estate market in 2020 that really, really continued into 2021 and Mm. was super strong and kind of frenzied for like the first half of 2021. And it's still very strong this year. I don't think from what I'm hearing, it's not going to be like the home sales maybe aren't going to be as frenzied as they were like, maybe not as many bidding wars and things like that, but it's still expected to be a, a very solid year in terms of home sales and, um, Price appreciation, which no buyer wants to hear, but sellers want to hear.
1: Oftentimes when people sell, they also need to buy.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm hearing, not just from friends, but from some of the people that I talked to for this particular story. There was one couple that they wanted to sell their house in West Chase and be like closer to all the action. So they found this house in Edo, a townhome in Edo. Um, But then they had this like a gap in period between the time when they sold their house and they were able to actually move in because the people they bought their house from needed to lease it back from them so they could find their own house. And so this soon to be Edo couple ended up staying at friends and family and then staying in like this tiny 400 square foot Airbnb for a few months, you know, and the the wife was like working remotely in this place. (laughs) You know, it's just an example of You know, even if you sell a house, you have the problem of finding another one. So you have a lot of people trying to sort of like take advantage of the fact that their home value is going up and they have more equity and maybe can afford a bigger or better house. But then also, you know, dealing with everything that's been going on on the buying side in terms of how um, crazy it was last year.
1: Is there is your dog barking?
0: Yes. Can you hear them?
1: Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> cats or dogs but i
0: like cats and dogs <laughs> i'm a cat person i like both i mean i
1: i know i'm agnostic i can hear one i can't hear the other you
0: might hear my little shisu puppy um who's named boba like boba tea and she is a pandemic puppy so born in march nice.
1: 2020 oh <laughs> almost two <laughs> Almost two. I can't believe I we've been in the pandemic I know. that long. She's she's a walking reminder of the length of the pandemic. I know some of my friends have pandemic babies who are walking. Wow. Yeah. So you're just talking about how that place is so crazy, right? What's causing all
0: of the the price growth, or a lot of the price growth, is the the shortage that there is. The supply is just really, really low. Like I don't know if people. Um, understand kind of months of supply, but it's basically, it's at uh, 1.4 months of supply, which means that if sales were to continue at their current pace, it would take a little more than a month Mm -hmm. to sell through all the current homes right now. In a balanced market, it would be six months worth of supply. Yeah, So it's just, that's just kind of an indicator showing that The amount of homes that are on the market has just shrunk um, because of, you know, this burst in demand and, uh, you know, uh, the fact that you could argue there was a shortage before, but it's gotten worse. Um, And then I saw this like number from Zillow. What was it? Oh, um, available inventory now stands 36.3% below Pre-pandemic levels in December 2019.
1: Oh goodness, numbers like that are brain hurting. Do you want to unpack it? They're brain hurting. What do you mean? (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, like sometimes you hear a phrase like that and you're like, "Uh, I just fell asleep for three seconds. Oh,
0: okay. So what that means is. the amount of homes on the market now that that you could buy, or at least buy in December, is like 36 percent lower than it was like two years before. So it just shows you like how the inventory has just shrunk, and you know it's leading. That's what's leading to all these bit up in pricing and this difficulty that people are have like actually just finding a house.
1: Yeah. So if we're looking at this thing of inventory, which is like there aren't enough houses for the rate at which people want to buy houses what's going to ease that in the future like do you want to talk a little bit about what builders are doing or you know how either supply will catch up or demand will slow down it has
0: to be one or the other right i think that home builders are trying to respond to the demand or they have been the issue that was happening last year and it's still it's still actually very much real today but in terms of building a new house, the issue that builders were having is getting access to supplies and building materials. You can't close a house if you don't have a window or if you don't have a fridge or, you know, all these different components that go into the house that you don't even think about. At one point in, a, in the master plan communities, I, I was talking to someone from Bridgeland, just the Howard Seeds, you know, big, pretty development they were and and Bridgeland is not alone in this they were limiting the sales um so they just were con- trying to control how much they were actually selling so they could have sold more but they were worried they you know they might not be able to meet the demand because of this lag in supplies and lag in the construction
1: yeah. Like oftentimes builders sell homes before they're built. That's like the MO. That's how they always do it. But if it, if you don't know whether you're going to get all the things you need to build a house on a timeline, then you don't want to have bad customer service or like exactly. unexpected costs. Then you gotta, you gotta pace yourself, which is new to builders. Right. A sign of how crazy things are now. And then, yeah, another thing is just available land because getting land from a patch of prairie to a a place where you have the water and the sewage and the utilities. Yeah. The streets laid down. It all takes some time. So builders are really scrambling.
0: From what I'm hearing, the supply chain constraints are maybe like a little bit, I mean, they're still rampant. Some builders in Houston are trying to maybe figure it out or figuring out ways kind of around that or how to control that. So I don't want to like make it seem like they're, Everyone's going to have to wait months and months and months for a house and a new development. But I think that is just exacerbating the supply issue that we've had. And also you have people coming in, investors from out of town or even in town that are buying up houses and turning them into a rental product like you've written about, which is also in demand. People also want to rent single family. That's adding to some of the supply for buyers, too.
1: Yeah, so it has trickled over. At first, all the stories were about how hot the housing market was. Within a few months of the pandemic beginning, that was the story. After people got vaccinated and they stopped hunkering down in place with family or with roommates, and they were like, I'm ready for my own space. I'm ready to move to where my new job is. All this sort of bottled up demand that was sort of doubled up hit the rental market. Rents have also gone up both for single family homes for people who yes. maybe would have tried to buy, but it was just too nuts. Like I have a friend whose parents sold their house in Katy and then looked for another house and we're like, you know what? We're just going to rent. And then even when they tried to rent, it was crazy because so many people were trying to rent houses as well. And in apartments, Yeah, it's similar. I talked to someone from CoStar and she told me people are moving into apartments like we haven't seen in a long time. People are living in 40,700 more Houston area apartments than they had a year ago. And she said, that's bananas. (laughs) And since it takes like two years for apartments to get developed, if you imagine 2020, we didn't know what was going to happen. Everyone sort of like slowed down. And here two years afterwards, 2022, people really want to rent, but people stopped building places to rent in 2020. So it's going to take a few years before the apartments catch up as well. It seems like rents are going to go up at least through this year, which is really hard news for people who are facing evictions.
0: Yeah. If you had to
1: like sort of sum up in a sentence how the housing market in terms of home sales is looking like, what would you say?
0: I was looking at data from HAR, Houston Association of Realtors, and sales of single family condos and uh, townhomes were up 13% last year. 2020 was a record, and then 2021 you saw even more sales. So for 2022, what I'm hearing is they're you know we're still expecting a strong year in terms of volumes and prices going up, um, but it, it might not be as much as last year. The Houston properties team at Keller Williams they were forecasting prices to go up between three to seven percent this year, like in Houston. Um, so that compares to like. In twenty twenty-one prices for you know were going up by double digits. You can see it's like the prices are still going up, it's just not not as high as it had been.
1: Mm-hmm. So well, we'll talk a little bit more about the new normal in future episodes. Yeah, I'm so glad you're on Yay! the team, Marissa. Good luck to everyone out there that's
0: trying to buy or sell this year.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you ever want to send an idea for a podcast or just say hi, you can reach out on Facebook or Twitter. I'm at R A Shoots, that's R-A-S-C-H-U-E-T-Z and Marissa.
0: Oh, I'm at uh, Marissa M-A-R-I-S-S-A-L-U-C-K seven. Maybe that's too long.
1: <laughs> no. On our show notes, if you go to Houston com slash looped in, we'll have links to our stories on the housing market marissa wrote about the upcoming year. Thanks to our print editors, Rob Gavin and Lily Thomas. Thanks to Farrell Gibbs and his band All the Kimonos for the theme music, and thanks to Scott Kingsley for producing. Until next time.